Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. It's the My First Gig Podcast. Whoa. Sharing stories of first gigs and shows. Comedians sharing their memories. The fun and entertaining, exciting and crazy. Hello and welcome to the My First Gig podcast with me, Dwayne Dugan, your favourite world famous podcaster. Hope you're all getting on good guys. Back again, episode 5 of season 2, the isolation interviews. What's there to say? Don't want to keep banging on saying that we're still here, but we are still here. So hope you're having fun guys, hope you're keeping busy, hope you're keeping well. It's getting to the point now where we're starting to realise, look, this isn't couple of weeks in the house this is you know for better or worse this is our life for the foreseeable future and i don't want that to sound like a downer it's more of a trying to make the most of the situation we're in i think we have to realize we have to basically resume now under the circumstances rather than wait for the previous to return and i'm starting to feel that a bit myself the first couple of weeks first month even it's just like right waiting to get out waiting to get out waiting to get out and now when we look at the situation going on, it's like, no, look, we got, let's, let's start acting now. So look, maybe this podcast is going to go on weekly forever. Who knows? If you're enjoying them, I'm going to keep them going. I'm certainly enjoying talking to these people. It's giving me a chance to talk to people who, you know, weren't, wouldn't cross my path usually. And today's guest is no different. Today's guest is Kate Willett, star of Netflix's comedy lineup. Her 15 minute special is on there. Performances, thankfully, before all this went down on the Stephen Colbert show. Host of the Reply Guys podcast, Comedy Central, much, much more. Check her out at Kate Willett on Twitter and at Kate.Willett on Instagram. So yeah, as I was saying, I've started right trying to be pr- productive now and it's like, right, let's try and start. I'm not going to be able to work for some time, so let's try and see if there's work out there. Started trying to eat better. Started going for walks. Yeah, there was a comedian based here in Dublin, Jerry McBride, did this thing called Hashtag 100 Days of Walking. Maybe it's a popular thing that he joined he was my only uh, exposure to it. And he shared a before and after picture. I think he started on like New Year's Day. So I'm guessing we're 100 or so days into 2020. And he just shared a before and after photo. And he looked fantastic now. Like, and it's like, I asked him, it's like, what are you, what are you, you're just walking. Like, I struggle with exercise. And I, I try, like, I lose weight basically once every six months. And I lose a ton of weight. I'm like, oh, I did so good. And then for the next six months, I put the weight back on. And I'm like, oh, how am I back to where I was? And it's the biggest part, obviously the diet's the biggest part, but I just, I can't get on board with exercise. I'm either busy, or at least pretend to be busy, I'm very lazy. So going out and running, just, it's very hard for me to get motivated for that. Physically, you know, I'm not the fittest, so I want to run as much as I can. I don't want to just run a little bit until I can get better. I want to do as much as I can now and... You know, my fitness doesn't allow me to. So then I get bored or I overdo it and then I hurt myself. My ankles have been dodgy for the last two years. And then I stop. 
And so I looked at this 100 days of walking and be like, right, he's lost all his weight just from walking. He said he walked an extra two or three K every single day without fail. But obviously, in turn, that meant that he wasn't sitting up to 2 a.m. eating junk food or maybe a few less beers and stuff like that. So I spent the last little while eating a bit better or at least consciously just looking at what I'm eating. And now I'm, I've started this 100 days of walking thing because I'm thinking, right, even when I can't run, I can walk. So there should be no day that I can't go do this unless, of course, you know, I break my leg or something. So I've been going out doing like four or five K walks and surprised that, you know, that my my little app is saying, oh, you're, you're burning calories. And it's like, all I did was just walk from one place to the other, chuck the podcast on. Maybe you can chuck on the My First Gig podcast. Why, hey. And off I go. You know, it's nice. Admittedly, it's half past eight on day five and I haven't done it yet. And I don't want to. So like five days in of a hundred, I'm already like, that's enough for me, Captain. But I'm going to go do it. going to pop this episode up now, have a bit of chicken and head out on my walk, listen to a podcast, then come back, have a shower, get an early night. Try and do it before half eight tomorrow. So if you're doing little things to try and resume life or even just make the most of what's going on do let me know at my first gig pod you can follow me directly i'm Dwayne dugan your world famous podcaster yes i'm going to say that every time i say my name the world famous podcaster at Dwayne dugan but sure look why don't you pop on your shoes head on out for a walk get some fresh air we're allowed to head out for little bits of exercise stay safe but while you do it have a little listen to my first gig with kate willis so right now I am quarantining in Brooklyn and uh, New York is kind of the epicenter for this uh, thing in the, for the virus in the United States. And so right now, like I'm pretty much just staying in my house, like not really going anywhere um, except occasionally to the grocery store every couple of weeks or something like that, or maybe for like a short walk here and there. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty much just been in my house with my boyfriend and uh there's not a ton going on to be honest with you <laughs> how are you uh how are you passing the time uh you know i'm like working on different writing projects that i have and but also like watching some tv and movies uh i you know i it's like i was so busy when uh we weren't quarantined i was doing shows almost every night you know so in a weird way it's kind of like nice to like watch some tv and stuff and be like oh i understand why people like this you know i think the last show that i ever did was march 14th um so it's been a little bit over a month now i'm very glad to hear that because my last one was march 13th which hasn't been beat yet so you've now beaten that you're officially the person who doesn't care about the coronavirus for the love of comedy <laughs> well it was like I, the thing was is i was i was in seattle and uh, I flew there like earlier that week because I had like a week of shows in Seattle, Washington. And uh, so, it, you know, I was like kind of already there and stuff just kind of kept becoming more of an emergency over the weekend. And then I went then I went home from that and I haven't done comedy since. Yeah. How are you finding not being on stage or is it probably the longest you've gone without gigging, is it? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Since I started. Yeah, I I took a trip for like three weeks once in 2014 I traveled to India and I only did comedy once while I was there uh yeah but other than that I think this is the longest I haven't done stand-up and do you think people are gonna want to watch comedy do you think it's like what do you think comedy's gonna look like when when we get out the other side 
I really don't know. I mean, I just, you know, I have no idea how long it's going to be or how it's going to change things. I mean, I would imagine that there's going to be like some different types of venues emerging and stuff like that, because I think, unfortunately, a lot of like comedy clubs and, uh, you know, smaller theaters and stuff may not make it through this time. Um, I really hope they do. And I'm trying to do my part to support and donate where I can. Um, but depending on how long this lasts, you know, there's definitely a chance that we live in a world with less comedy clubs and where people are kind of doing more shows at houses and, you know, kind of alternative venues, maybe bars still. I imagine bars would reopen, even if they're not the same ones, different ones, but it's definitely going to look different. But I, yeah, I think that people will go to stand up. I mean, definitely, I think stand up will come back around when there's a vaccine but uh i don't know to what extent it will come back before then you know yeah whatever about like say weddings or graduations or kind of things like that i think comedy is quite skippable until it's safe i think so too probably um but you know it's also like i mean i was also thinking about it and you know if people go to bars like there's definitely a lot of shows at bars and people are still going to want to go drink. That's definitely true. So it's. I think it's possible that there'll be like some kind of smaller shows at bars that happen in the interim. I'm not sure. Because, uh, you know, people definitely people are still going to want to go drink and try to like meet people to have sex with and that whole thing. No one's putting that on hold for longer than they have to, I think, you know, fortunately or unfortunately. So it's possible that comedy does come back in like a reduced way before then. Well, we're here to chat about your first gig, but before we do, if I say, what's your first memory of comedy, what comes to mind for you? Oh, you know, I think uh, probably Steve Martin when I was a little kid. My parents were really into uh, Steve Martin. And uh, you may do you know him? He was on the show Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, he had this song called King Tut um about this egyptian pharaoh and he had like a little dance that went along with it and my parents told me about this when i was little and i you know i was i don't know how old four or five or whatever and i just thought that this was hilarious because i was learning about king tut you know in school too and uh or tutankhamen i guess was his full name not to be disrespectful um but uh <laughs> Yeah, that that definitely was something that I thought was so funny when I was a little kid. What about stand-up then? Would you have learned more about stand-up as you kind of got older and then maybe come across stuff like Steve Martin? Well, I watched a lot of stand-up when I was in high school because I had a TV in my room uh, and I used to watch like Comedy Central late at night and I really liked like um, Margaret Cho and Caroline Ray and Laura Keitlinger, I remember. Uh, also like Nick Swordson and stuff. Um, yeah. And so that was definitely probably watching comedy specials on TV late at night. Yeah. Is that where you would have like kind of discovered stand up? Cause I guess, it, you know, everyone kind of discovers it in a weird way or a different way. Yeah. I think that that was where I discovered it. And I, I didn't really even think about it as like something that like I could ever do. Like it's, I don't know. It just didn't seem like something that you could just like start doing, you know? What about like going as a as an audience member? Did you ever go seek out comedy that way? Uh, 
I don't think I actually saw live stand-up until I started doing stand-up, to be honest with you. Um, okay. Which is so weird, I guess, but... It's quite common, you, you actually... Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of theater. I did, like, a lot of plays, and so I would go see live performance all the time, but mostly, like, serious theater, and then sometimes I would see, like, one-person shows that were kind of, like, in the middle of it, uh, of, like, kind of stand-up and theater, or, like... There's this actor, John Leguizamo, who did, um, you know, a bunch of like one person shows. He's really talented. And um, I definitely saw a couple of his performances when I was like in high school. Yeah. Did you say that you did plays yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So performance, you'd been performing. When would that have come into, into your life? I think I was doing plays like ever since I was tiny, tiny. It was like always something that I was involved in um, elementary school, junior high, high school. Uh, I always really loved to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, been performing since a young age. I guess like if you learn something in school and your parents decide to show you Steve Martin, I'm guessing they were kind of fairly supportive in that aspect or kind of at least adventurous or entertaining than, than, than you'd expect of standard parents, perhaps. Yeah, I think my parents are both like really funny people and they really like to, you know, they really like to watch comedy. Um, I don't think that they were too initially stoked on the idea of like me being a comedian just because they, you know, they're parents and they wanted me to like have financial security and a lot of things, but they're pretty supportive now. It took them a while to get used to it because I think that you know, there's part of them that would like prefer that I was like a doctor or something. I mean, of course, like I'd probably want my own kid to be a doctor before a comedian, to be <laughs> honest with you, but you know, <laughs> they're pretty supportive now. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there was like a tick box when you were having a kid of what it could be, I think stand up comedians would dry it fairly quickly. I think so too. Yeah. So then what happens then to make you want to give it a go? If you're not going to see live comedy, what, what, what put it in your mind? Um, so I was actually in school for acting. Uh, I was like, mm. a, I was attending theater school in Chicago and I was having a really bad time. Um, it was like, it felt like a pretty stuffy environment. And I wanted to try like another creative outlet just to sort of have, you know, just to have a chance to like express myself in, in a different way. And so I signed up for a stand up comedy class at Second City Chicago. And I took a little class with like, eight or 10 people. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it was fun, actually, like, the people that were in my class were all like, really supportive. And the teacher was like, this like stand-up comedian that I still know, super sweet guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd recommend like every comedy class, but this one was like a good way to kind of like try it in a way that was like not too intimidating, you know. What age would you've been at this time? I don't remember exactly, but like sometime in my mid twenties. Yeah, mid twenties and studying acting. Was that an improv class or that was a stand-up class? It was actually a stand-up class. I have taken improv classes before. They definitely made us do that all the time in theater school, you know. But uh, this was like a straight-up stand-up class, and so we would like, you know, he would give us like a, a kind of like genre, you know, like one week we'd work on like one-liners, you know, and you'd come back and you know say your one-liners, you know, and then people would in the class would give you some feedback or whatever. And it was, it was like, it was really supportive. I don't know. I, I liked it actually. I, I went to a stand up class and it was very much not that it was just, do you have an idea? I'll tell you what's good and what's not. 
Yeah, I've definitely heard that that was like, like from anyone I knew besides me who took a stand-up class that started comedy, I think everyone else had a pretty bad experience. So I'd be like hesitant to like recommend taking a class or something. But my experience was good. And was there a graduation show at the end of this? Was that in, in the works of the course? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I gra- I was thinking of another like first gig, but I guess that graduation show was the first time that I ever performed stand-up, yeah, in front of an audience. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. How did you feel about that? Obviously, you know, being in plays and stuff like that since you were young and through high school and that you're you're not shy with performing, but, you know, obviously stand-up being such a different thing, your own jokes up there on your own. How did you feel knowing that, I guess, at the end of this, there was a gig coming? So I was pretty excited about it and I had I had a really good time. The audience was, like, very supportive because it was just people's friends and family, probably, like, a... a a disproportionately supportive audience, you know, like everyone was like really trying to be encouraging. But I do remember at that graduation show, it was funny because we had a good time. But then right after the teacher was like, all right, I have to tell you something. This is going to be something that you all probably remember for the rest of your lives. And uh, that was the day that Osama bin Laden had been killed. So the teacher like just announced to us that you know Barack Obama had just gone on the news and and announced that Osama bin Laden has been killed. So I like weirdly remember that day really well. That's a, that's a triumphant gig now, isn't it? Yeah, I I mean I didn't do it. I had nothing to do with the <laughs> killing of Osama bin Laden. Yeah. So where was this gig held? Was it held at Second City or somewhere nearby? Yeah, it was like at Second City in Chicago. Yeah, I think like in the middle of dead of Chicago winter. I think yeah. And obviously, yeah, if you're going through the course and each week they give you a different thing, that's probably where you learn to write. They kind of, you're, you're writing week by week. Yeah, I mean, 
I think by that time I had like been like kind of keeping notes of things that I thought were funny and stuff, you know, like I don't even know what for, but just like kind of had it in my mind for like maybe a year before that, that I was going to like try stand up one day, you know, so. Okay. Was that just that, that was that same thing of, you know, wanting a different avenue and kind of somewhere else to be creative? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I just, I always like was like kind of annoying at parties. I would want to like tell everyone like a story for a long time and stuff, especially like when I was drunk, I would like really want to just, you know, monopolize everyone's time telling some ridiculous story. And people were like, okay, Kate, you need to not drink so much, but <laughs> you should try doing stand up actually. How much time were you talking that first gig? Five minutes or so? I think, yeah, probably somewhere between three and five minutes might have even been like three yeah so what style did you go with then for that first show do you remember if you were if you were exploring all these different styles in the weeks leading up um i don't think i told any stories i think i like had like a series of jokes you know kind of one after the other yeah yeah is it everybody in the class on this show i think most people i think there were a couple people that didn't want to but i think it was almost everyone yeah and whereabouts in the lineup were you that night early late middle i really actually i don't know that part i don't remember yeah and what what about the host would that have been the teacher yeah and what was their name his name is dan telfer he's still a comedian that performs sweet guy yeah tell me about that night Did you, you're saying there's a lot of people there bringing their friends and family do you do you go like obviously you're saying that people are encouraging you to do this and you've been thinking about it for some time do you go under the radar or do you say right straight away right everyone come down and check this out uh, I didn't invite anyone yeah I definitely I didn't invite anyone that I knew I, and I like I didn't invite uh anyone for, to shows for like a long time after that I kind of like secretly did comedy before I even told any of my friends about it yeah what do you reckon the the method behind that was I think that I just felt like if I bombed that it would be okay as long as no one who I knew in real life knew about it, you know? Well, that's interesting. It shows, I guess, shows you kind of care how it goes and stuff like that rather than just going, right, I'm going to go do this. It's going to be fantastic, which is probably what a lot of people don't, I guess, don't think about it earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also, like, I'm from California and I was in Chicago oh, fair, during yeah. that time. And so I, like, I was away from a lot of people that I knew. And I think that that actually kind of helped me, like, be, like, brave enough to start stand-up. Because it was just, like, I don't know. I, I just, you know, less people that I cared about embarrassing myself in front of. Because I barely knew anyone there, you know? You, tell me your memories of that night. Did, you, did it go well? I actually think it was the afternoon. Okay. And it was, like, probably three or four in the afternoon, maybe. I don't know, maybe five or six. I don't know. Um but it was it was not nighttime yet, uh, and uh, you know I think it was yeah it was it was fun it was like um, I mean my whole class was really supportive so we like kind of all did this thing together you know and then I it was a uh, yeah I'm I'm trying to think I don't know maybe there were maybe like twenty people there it was just like kind of a fun thing because it was like we had all kind of made friends with each other you know at that point yeah. So it was just, you know, I actually am still kind of friends with some of those people. Um, oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Uh, and I think a couple of them still do comedy. Um, so, you know, I remember there's this one guy that I was friends with. I kind of lost touch with him, but I'd love to get back in touch with him because he's a really super sweet guy. And his name was Ranjit. 
and he was really really funny he like was just starting stand-up too but he had done improv for a long time and I definitely remember that he was like very encouraging and so he like told me after the class he was like yeah like I think that you really like have a knack for this and you should keep going and I didn't really know if I was going to keep going but then you know uh after that summer like I got kicked out of grad school because I just I w- like I I wasn't like trying to do a bad job but I just wasn't I don't know it just wasn't going that well I'm not like really you know an amazing like Shakespeare actress or something and this program was just like way more kind of traditional than anything that I am like naturally inclined for you know so then I ended up like driving back across the country to California after school was over and I was like really depressed I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life really and then I like had that memory you know I was like well that show was like really fun and then so I started like signing up for like open mics in San Francisco I like went to a comedy show and I asked one of the comedians after Kamau Bell he's very famous now but he wasn't really at that time I was like where you know, do you, excuse me, hi, I'm, I'm Kate, I just have a quick question, do you know where I can, like, sign up for comedy in San Francisco to do an open mic, and he's like, go to this place, the Brainwash Cafe, they have mics there almost every night, and so I went, and there was, like, this laundromat that they had, like, a bunch of mics every night, and then I just kind of did it from there, but yeah, I didn't do comedy for a long time in between that, like, kind of first gig or two, and then doing it again when I moved back to San Francisco. So you almost have two first gigs now. Yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. It must be. It's really fortunate then that I guess that you went through such a nice class, you know, real nice people, real encouraging night that, you know, when you do go back to San Francisco and you're looking for, you know, something to do or something that you did enjoy or that this was a positive experience. Because like the, I, I imagine that so many people's first gigs could be like horrific and not not their own doing but just you know showing up and not knowing anybody on the night and being real nervous and if it didn't go too well and stuff so definitely I say definitely a plus for the for the comedy course yeah I think that was you know especially because it was like such a contrast between like what I was experiencing in grad school at that time like my grad school was like so competitive and like vicious it felt like a reality show you know everybody was like kind of just everyone was just really competitive with each other in kind of like a shitty way, you know? And I think because my class was like so nice and the people in there were like so supportive of each other, I just like started stand-up comedy with like very positive associations. And uh, it just, I don't know, it just made me feel like, okay, I could give this a shot, you know? I'm going to take you right back to that gig now. Do you remember any of the jokes you did that first time? Um, I don't remember an exact joke, but I remember a premise that I had. Okay. So just a little background, Chicago is extremely cold and, uh, you wear like a ton of layers, um, you know, outside jacket, uh, another jacket inside sweaters underneath that. And I had some jokes about a winter based pornography and I did like a little act out of, you know, someone removing like 75 layers uh, to like the porno music. Like I just mimed it. I didn't actually like take off any clothes, but I just, I thought that was really funny. The idea of like 
porn that was like shot in Chicago in the winter where it just takes like a half an hour to take off your clothes. It's still kind of funny, but it definitely was. I probably can't remember the joke because it probably wasn't a complete joke, you know? Well, you've got that and the death of Osama bin Laden to thank for your career. Exactly. That's where it all started. Exactly. Yeah. You're saying evening show. Do you remember your memories that night or just after you, after the show? Like, because you said you weren't sure if it was something you wanted to do again. So despite it being a good, a good experience, was it kind of like, right, that's it. I've done that now. Um, no, I think I definitely wanted to do it again at some point, but I was so busy in grad school that I was kind of like, well, maybe I'll do this after I finish grad school. Maybe I'll get back into this, you know? Okay. And, but then right after that, I got like kicked out of grad school. So it was like, uh, kind of easy to get back into. And that was just like a hard year in general. I was having a really tough time because like, I just had moved really far away from home. I broke up with my boyfriend from San Francisco that I had been with for years. My brother had been really sick for a long time and he passed away. And so I was just like having an extremely bummer time in Chicago. And that class was like the real bright spot of it for me, for sure. Um, And it feels like corny to talk about because it's like, well, that feels like something other comedians would like make fun of a lot. Like they went to a comedy class or something, but it was just like, honestly, it was just like so great to get to like try stand up with like nice people, you know? No, like sure. Like, like if something like that's made fun of, it's, it's probably just their own insecurities that like definitely anything but corny. It's a, I think it's, it's, it's real nice to hear. Yeah. I definitely hope we get to do it again. This is really making me miss it. It has to come back. I hope so. I can't keep doing podcasts. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a podcast myself and I mean I love it. <laughs> My podcast is a little more political. Like it's a mixture of like comedy and also we like interview, you know, real journalists and stuff. So, I don't know. It's just it's there's nothing quite like getting on stage and like telling jokes. Well, with that that sentiment in mind, if I could take you back today to Second City that evening before you go up on stage, if you could go back to that first time before you're about to step on stage doing stand-up comedy, if you had a couple of minutes with yourself today, what what do you think you'd say to yourself? Um, I think I would say just like keep going, like don't be afraid, like this is going to be, you know, this is going to be really like a, a good thing for you, you know, like just like enjoy it, work hard on this, like go ahead and the other stuff in your life that's like not making you happy feel free to like let it go and just like focus on this thing because that's going to be really fun and rewarding thanks for chatting your first gig with me thank you so much it was so nice to talk to you and i hope that uh everything uh is all right over there in ireland and that we all get through this time safely and that's a wrap guys thank you for joining us really enjoyed that chat hope you did too and i like you know it's come up a couple of times in these few few episodes that i'm doing and i think todd barron mentioned it i'm kate and holland mentioned it and now kate mentioned it when she's talking when you're talking about you know looking back nostalgically on these events which what these chats do you kind of realize how pivotal and important they were at the time you don't know where you're going next so you can't decipher how important that situation is but looking back now going wow that was really pivotal when you realize it's like your life's work it's your career it's you know something you love to do you should be allowed to express it and there's this fear i think of expressing that that you know we're meant to be too cool for school kind of a thing but no let's admit that we love this stuff and that it's important to us especially in this time that's now been taken away 
You know, if you're listening to us, you're either comedian yourself, you're a fan of comedy or a fan of these comedians. And I think that's enough to say that this matters a certain amount to you. Otherwise, you're probably not listening to this or you're wondering here, how in the hell am I listening to this gobshite? Yeah, we all love it. We miss it dearly. And, you know, let's maybe when we return, let's not be afraid to say how much we love it and how important it is and how much we love getting up on stage and making people laugh and how much you might love going to a show and getting a break from whatever's going on in your life and how we could do with a night out for a comedy show right now. I'm certainly not going to take it for granted again because it's very easy to become you know, complacent or just get a bit bored of the of the routine sometimes. And oh, I would I would love to know that I'm going to go do a show tonight. It'd be great. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe go online, check out some comedy specials and have a laugh, have a little break away from everything that's going on. As I said at the top of the show, let me know what you're doing to keep proactive, to keep you know, yourself from going sane. At my first gig pod, if you want to get in touch, or with me, at Dwayne Dugan, the one famous podcaster. And please subscribe, tell your friends, go rate it. There's a few ratings, I'd love a rating, it helps it boost up, you know, in these early months of the podcast, still trying to get it off the ground, so your help is vital. Guys, Kate Willett was a great guest today. Go check her out at Kate Willett on Twitter, at Kate.Willett on Instagram. Check her out on Netflix, on the comedy lineup, or her podcast to reply, guys. And until next week, have fun. Keep sane. I I really wanted something cool. I'm riffing right now. Like, I wanted something cool and rhymey to end that, and I have nothing. So, next week, I'll come prepared. I'll see you then, guys. Cheerio. It's the My First Gig Podcast. Whoa.